0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Start a Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Start a Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Lauren Conway today. Hi, Lauren.
1: Hey, hey. How y'all doing?
0: I'm heading to Seattle. Heading to
1: Seattle. I. I'm actually very excited to head to Seattle. Are you? I like Seattle quite a bit.
0: You know, I I haven't, I can't say I've spent time in Seattle other than the airport. Yeah? Yeah.
1: They've got a pretty neat airport from what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. It works. They have really good coffee. I don't know know if you knew that.
0: You know, uh, yes, I've heard about that. But do you know what they do have?
1: Well, what do they have?
0: A lot of startups.
1: Yeah, they do. Yeah,
0: this was a, you know, this is actually... The first time we've done Seattle's top startups, so hello Seattle
1: hello Seattle
0: and with that this was <clears throat> this was a, a, a tough list to put together there's a whole lot of <laughs> there's a whole lot of action and activity in the startup scene in Seattle which shouldn't be a big surprise what else that should not be a big surprise is that today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult, and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Go to Fullscale.io to learn more. You like what I did there?
1: That was beautiful. Thanks. That was such just a nice
0: get, segue. <laughs> you such get such a, a, such a productive thrill out of I out of do. my outreach I
1: love watching the master at work and it's always the and we're back like I, you say that very very well but also very like game show hosting and hundreds i hundreds of
0: it. hundreds of reps to practice that <laughs> but
1: then sure. you're always so good at organically bringing in the sponsor
0: yeah if you want to know I'm really just trying to place them in a way that it makes it hard for you as a listener to hit that forward 30 second button
1: that's right that's right. kind of I like that.
0: It's not really my true intent. I just wanted it to flow. Now, well,
1: I, I learn at the feet of the master. Thank you for, for modeling that for
0: me. Sure. Well, <laughs> so we got 12 companies to discuss today. And we have, as mentioned, a whole lot on the list. Now, for those of you, if you haven't listened to Startup Hustle before, haven't tuned into one of our, start, our top startup episodes, we aren't ranking them in terms of like, this is number one, this is number two. It's kind of a you're on the list or you're not on the list kind of thing. So um it would be uh quite honestly a, a pretty big undertaking to actually rank. So we got 12 companies, congratulations in advance to all 12 of them. Uh but yeah, I think that that's probably a fair expect or a fair explanation of how we yeah. do the list, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, good good insight into the methodology. There there is method to the madness, yeah. but you know, congrats on being on the list.
0: So we have The very first uh, company on the list is Protect AI. Protect Uh, AI. And that is led by Ian Swanson and Badar Ahmed and go to protectai.com to learn more. So this is data uh, security software products and Protect AI is a cybersecurity business that specializes in protecting machine learning and artificial intelligence platforms. So uh, if you deliver secure and legally compliant uh, machine learning models and AI apps uh, by using Protect AI. So um, you know, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert in the cybersecurity nature of machine learning and AI. I do know that there has been a lot of discussion recently about the compliant nature or where a lot of the uh, more commonly used AI and ML models, chat GPT most specifically, is there's a whole lot of, (laughs) well, there's a whole (laughs) lot of chatter and commentary about like, is, is it utilizing copyrighted material? Do the original creators, you know, or, or people that are creating that have some claim to, yeah, no well, I actually
1: just read a, an article about an artist who actually tried to get his artwork that had been fed into like a machine learning system, an AI system, and he he was unable to get to protect his copyright. Um, and so, so it, it's a really interesting conversation, I think, but sounds like Protect AI is doing some really niche um, uh, information dissemination, you know, making sure that... What we're doing with AI, I feel like AI is kind of the wave of the future, but we have to make sure that we're doing it ethically, we have to make sure that we're, you know, protecting people's interests, right?
0: Yep. And uh, if you want to uh, hear more about what they're doing, I will be publishing an episode uh, in May. Titled "How to Improve Your Company's AI Capabilities," I look, so I'll be I look to that. I'll be joining Ian Swanson, who I feel very comfortable will educate me a lot more about the complexity <laughs> of this stuff. Congratulations to Protect AI; they did just raise thirteen point five million dollars in December of twenty twenty two.
1: Well done!
0: Congrats to you.
1: Congratulations. Well, next up, I want to give congratulations to Udley. and that is the next startup on our list. I got to tell you. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Jessica, one of the producers of Startup Hustle, um, she periodically gives me feedback as a host. And one of the pieces of feedback that she has given me is that I have like verbal ticks. I have words hear, that I use. Yeah. I kind of reach to you overnight. So one of them is like I tend to start sentences with so. So <laughs> usually, I, I want to stop doing that. Like yeah. I, I love being a podcast host, and I want to be really good at it. So I but want to. By improve. the way, I
0: want to make you feel better. So at one point. the history of Startup Hustle, I had a post-it note on my computer that had the word so. I do those too. With a red X through (laughs) it because I would go back and listen to some of the episodes and you'd be like, so and you do yep. that 42 times. So <laughs> we apologize, listeners. We're not doing it on purpose. Sorry. We're trying to get better. It's just
1: it's just a thing.
0: But what does that have to but, do but with you? Utly
1: is an AI-enabled platform that provides feedback on user communication skills. And so if you use those kind of tick word, what are, what are those words? Like the words that you reach for because they're comfortable. You know, if you, I also have a tendency to like derail my own conversations. And so usually if you're going to, if you're using it, it's going to give you feedback and it's going to say, Hey, you can try to cut this word. Here are hmm. some words that you use frequently. Here are some things that you do. So they're, they're giving you real time and personalized feedback on filler words, eye contact, pacing, all of these things that make up verbal and nonverbal communication. So I, I think that that is super cool. I know that as a podcast host, and as someone who does speaking engagements here and there, um, it's definitely something that I need. And I, I feel like everybody could probably stand to improve their communication a little bit, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that, that it's tough to do. If you talk about recording in a live setting. And, you know, this isn't a scripted show.
1: Yeah.
0: And it, and so much of it is conversational. That's, I try to, you know, we didn't used to preface that when we started (laughs) episodes and I try to tell people, I'm like, it's a conversation and not an interview. So it's, it's pretty easy to, to have a lot of those ticks and do the, and, and just, it, yeah, it's just the it's things that you reach for because yeah.
1: they're comfortable. But yeah, I, I always tell people on the show when I'm doing pre-show prep, I want to talk to you like you're a human being and I want you to talk to me like I'm a human being. But it sounds like Utley can help us do that. The, talk like a human a, being. The AI
0: like, can help you speak like that's a human. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And I mean, that's, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that is pretty cool. That's, I, and I, I like that. You know, there's a, I'm not to, not to digress here, but there have <laughs> There, there was I can't remember the name of it. There was a, a recording platform that would kind of edit your recordings and take yeah. um, um,
1: yeah, Um uh, <laughs> was the big one. Yeah, so
0: and long pauses. And that's yeah. you know, as someone that worked in the music industry for a lengthy period of time, anything that creates uh, efficiency around editing is welcome. Yes, okay. <laughs> we're, we're, we find that when we travel around the country virtually and discuss markets, tops, top startups, we usually find a pattern. And we it's do. pretty fair things. to say that we have one forming here. Next, the next company on the list is Spice AI. So, Dun, we're, da, 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 da. We're, we're on three AI companies <laughs> three in a three. row Luke <laughs> Kim and Philip LeBlanc. Uh, you can find more about them at, at spice.xyz. I think it just sounds spicy in general, but this is a <laughs> Spice AI, it's a developer first platform that made it easier to integrate AI into applications, particularly when processing time series data. The mission is to be the first developer first infrastructure for web 3. Um, so basically their technology is making artificial intelligence and machine learning more accessible to developers. Now, look, as the CEO and founder of FullScale, I'm going to tell you, that's pretty important. Yeah, you're pretty psyched. (laughs) Well, you're psyched for anything that, that bridges the gap between people's skill levels and, and well, for their experience. They got to have some skill level and then the ability to implement it. So right. a lot of people want to put machine learning and AI or different components of it into their platforms. That said, there aren't a huge number of people that have actual experience with AI and ML. Well, Even, it's,
1: it's kind of a whole new world. I mean, yeah, it, well, there's it, it's been people, around for a while. But... There's
0: a lot of people that do have experience with it, but it's not going to be like, you know, if you find someone with ten years of experience with machine learning and AI, that is like—they
1: were there, very,
0: like... very difficult to do. Yeah, I could see so, that. So, when you're hiring software developers or building a team, kind of like we do with our clients at full scale, you, when you're hiring people that have worked somewhere else, you're they and you as the new employer are limited by the exposure that they had professionally to other technologies. So this is the problem with emerging technology. And you look at things like Web3 and blockchain and stuff like that is how do we make it easier to put that stuff in? So, I I mean, I appreciate what they're doing here because, you know, like it says here, right here in my notes, building intelligent apps that leverage AI is way too hard, even (laughs) for advanced developers. They just
1: said it right there. Well done. (laughs) Yeah. So
0: being able to access and and find tools that make that integration easier is, is a very valuable uh, thing for startups and even well-established companies.
1: For sure. Yeah. No, I love that. That's, yeah. that, that's really exciting. I mean, I, I'm very excited to see where AI takes us over the course of the next coming decades, yeah. but I, I really love seeing these, these organizations and these companies and these startups that are getting their foot in the door and, and kicking off early to help make it more accessible. That's really cool. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, so I'm really excited to talk about earth finance and I I have to admit, like when I was first going through and kind of reviewing some of the startups that we had here, this was one that I was like, how do how do I explain this? Um, but really, really excited to talk about earth finance because I think that we all know at this point in time that, uh, Climate t- change is a thing, and, you know, we, we need to be supporting our startups through the science of, of climate change and carbon footprints and being more sustainable, and Earth Finance is going to be – is going to help our – Com- help companies on the list figure this out. They're a corporate strategy and climate investing firm. And so they, they're they working with startups, particularly those that are scaling and helping them to reduce their carbon footprint and become more earth friendly. And I think, you know, this is something that, that I talk about a lot on the show, but I'm pretty sure that you know it as well and talk about it, but it's always easier when, when ideologies are baked in, you know, you, it's not something that you're applying after the fact, like, oh, shoot, now we need to get Earth-friendly now that we have, you know, established our customers and now that we've got a product that we're ready to go to market with. It's like things always do better if you bake them in from the very beginning. And so consulting with Earth Finance or companies like it early on in the process is really going to help these companies become sustainable in a long-term strategic kind of way, right? I mean, have you found that?
0: Yeah. I I always I Go out of my way to thank founders and companies that do socially conscious things. Yeah. Because it's not always the clearest path to revenue mm-hmm. and investment yeah. and results.
1: You have to go out of your way yeah. to actually do it most of the time. Well,
0: and so you'll if you spend enough time around me, you're eventually going to hear me say that if you make it easy for people to help you, then you'll get a lot more help.
1: I've been on the receiving end of have that.
0: Have you? <laughs> But, but yes. with that, this is a similar thing with Earth Finance. And I think that, I think that overwhelmingly companies want to be environmentally conscious. And then you get into the, the pit. Yeah. every day to work. And like, when I say the pit, I mean like the mosh pit. you right. get banged around and beat up and it's loud and it's fast and it comes and it goes really quick. And, well, then, sh- and, there and there then you're are like so a- many
1: things that you have to balance. Right. Like you're talking right. about, like, is this the lowest cost when yes. you're dealing with manufacturers and vendors and suppliers and like it, at every level, this is something like sustainability is something that you have to think about consciously. Yeah. It's, it doesn't always come supernaturally. So I love the fact that earth, um, Earth Financial is going to be, or Earth Finance, excuse me, is going to be helping usher folks through that process. Right. I love that.
0: And you know, you know, at Full Scale, we spend a lot of time and effort on what we call CSR, co- uh, corporate social responsibility. Yeah. And I mean, we had to, we, for, in that, you know, this year we focused on education, environmental, animal, and community. And what does that mean? Like we actually set up, uh, initiatives that make it easy for our employees to volunteer and participate in community engagement. That's it, so much. Well, it's, I do too. It's not
1: shocking I'm to me really, at all, but well, I'm
0: really proud of it. But some of the, but in order to do that, I mean, it wasn't easy. We had yeah. to like, actually get, the, like add people to our staff to find the right things, to vet them to coordinate them. It's, it's a lot of work. Right. And, and here's the thing is that's the problem with sustainability and environmental initiatives with a lot of companies is just one more thing to do. Yeah. So it gets, uh, it, get, it get, goes out of the way, you know, and I, I was recently uh, and some of it too, is, is, you know, just sometimes people just haven't thought of it. You know, right. I was just in Chicago talking to a ton of people from the Philippines government, and one of the things that I was really pushing on them is that they should try to create more opportunities for people to work from home because for, for traffic and environmental reasons. because yeah. the traffic's horrible there. It's a I'm like game
1: changer. Take more people <laughs> off
0: the road and and right. you know and, and and you know so some of that is like oh wow you have a good point so yeah it, make, making it easy to do the right thing will make more people do the right thing. All right. Next on the list is humanly.io. Now I just recorded an episode uh, titled hiring at scale with Preem Kumar, who's the CEO and co-founder CTO and co-founder Brian Leptich. Um, Now this was a very easy episode for me to record because humanly.io is in the recruitment and hiring World. Which is one of
1: the big things With, that you do. Well, that close. is what—that's yeah. yeah, what we do. Now they do something
0: <laughs> completely different. So what humanly conversational AI? See, more AI in Seattle. Yeah, AI, topic, it's that doesn't surprise me by the way in Seattle. So <laughs> their conversational AI, uh, it, it it what it does is okay. So it's not uncommon for an employer to put up a job ad and get hundreds of applicants. Yeah, and that's great. But also overwhelming for your staff sometimes, and then the problem you have is you have a human look at them, or you think a human looks at them, and when you if you got a hundred applicants for one position. That's a lot of stuff to look through. It is. And the problem with the human side of, of these things is it often leaves candidates ignored. Yeah. Um, sometimes the person has bias, and I don't mean like the DEIB kind of, of, of bias in every situation. Sometimes they're just, they're just, their impression of what a qualified candidate might be could be completely different than what it is. So, And I found this in in our own um, past history at full scale, because there are certain types of software developers that naturally move over and change a lane to other technologies easily and might want to, and then some don't. Uh, But what Humanly does is focus on hiring at scale. So if you talk about Well, think, think about the, what it's like for big companies. Like, I mean, you could get tens of thousands of applicants that come in you got to be able to process that. And then there's a, there's a, like, and I love the name because there's a human component to hiring that just needs, that is often in organizations, very inconsiderate. Yeah. (laughs) Meaning like people will go through two or three interviews sometimes, and then they're just kind of left hanging. They don't know if they got a job or anything like that. It's just hard, a lot to keep up with. Now, you know, one of the complaints that postal workers have is that the mail never stops coming. Yeah. Right. So you never have a sense of completion. Well, it can be like that in recruitment and hiring departments. I mean, it's like that at full scale. Absolutely. I mean, we get 500 to 1,000 applicants a month. And it's a lot to keep up and track. So I'm all for the AI automation and what that's, what theirs does is it engages with, with candidates. It does a whole lot of stuff. It can help with screening questions and also just looking for things that you are doing that aren't necessarily what you would probably choose to do if you had further review. So yeah, very, uh, um, you know, very, uh, very, appreciative of what they're doing yeah. because I've been through so much of that. Yeah.
1: As, a, as a former IT recruiter, I can tell you the grind never ends. You can always find ways to be more efficient. I just, I really appreciate that who humanly is, is working to make a very difficult, very time consuming process more streamlined, but more importantly, more effective, making sure that you're finding the right candidates to put into the different roles. So I, I love it.
0: I feel as a former IT recruiter that you're very aware that finding expert software developers can doesn't have to be difficult, but can be difficult I sometimes.
1: I heard that you know, before.
0: You know, if you visit fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably, you're able to use the full-scale platform to define your technical needs and see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Fullscale.io to learn more. It only takes two minutes to fill out the form there. And, only
1: two, you yep. know, I, I have actually heard that before as but, well. And I just want our, our, our dear listeners at home to know that I'm like, laughing my ass off.
0: For hey, well
1: done, hey, sir. Well you. done. But,
0: but, but, you know, with, but here's the thing is, is, you know, we don't use, we don't use AI or machine learning. We don't really need to. We're able to ask you two minutes worth of questions and match you up with, it's yeah. just matching. Yeah. It's literally what it is. Well, and we and just I, have a bunch of skills, tags and keywords and stuff like that. That will match you up with people that are vetted, and that's the that's the hard part with hiring. Is if you have, so we only hire like one in thirty five applicants. Yeah, so you're paying us to to, to keep the thirty four that we work. didn't hire off of your team. And
1: so well, regards. and you're like I know that your team represents so many different skills that they can do it. I mean, like you've got a really really awesomely diverse uh, team of folks who are, who are experts. In, in all of these different types of software development yeah. and all using all of these different tools and tra- I mean, and you know you know what they can do because yeah. you work with them every day. Well, we've right? ha- well we've <laughs>
0: created our own assessments and with that it's uh, there's just a lot of uh, there's a big sample space to compare and benchmark. So you know with 300 employees we're able to look at a lot of the assessment scores, personality traits, and and you know much like, you know, something like humanly does is, you know, you you're just trying to find the pattern yeah. and, and look for what that is. And we've got a pretty exact model. One thing that's not exact is we just find really talented people and hire them and then figure out what they're going to do. Yeah, it works.
1: I love yeah, I love that so much. Like, yeah. I mean, the fact is, like, talented people are it's hard, to talented, it's but... hard to predict. It's hard to
0: predict. Yeah, we've had Yeah, so. Yeah. All right.
1: Well, so, so on to the next. Um, you know, definitely visit Full Scale. We we love Full Scale around here, uh, and I and I really mean that. I do love Full Scale. But next up on the list, we have Life at, and and I'm I'm feeling a little attacked. Like Jessica assigned these to me because she knows that these are all things that I need in my life. But Life at uh, they develop they develop modular productivity and focus software for an immersive virtual workspace, and I think that. Uh, I have some executive disorder problems, like executive function things where like if it's not right in front of me and if it's not super shiny, like I forget about it. and, And so I love productivity hacks, like things that can make it easier for me to figure out what I need to be doing at any given time. And I mean, there are things like the Pomodoro timers and there are all kinds of like different list methodologies that you can use. But I love the fact that Life at is making productivity easy. They're putting all of these tools together in one place, so users can spend more time doing actual work. Um, they have a, a bunch of different tools. You can create your own digital office. They they saw an opportunity to draw a line between work and life, and they they wanted to change up. Workspaces. I think that we know we're kind of in an era of remote and hybrid work. Um, you know, work is changing. And so we need to figure out our relationship to productivity and figure out what works for us as, as human beings trying to just get shit done. And I just, I really enjoy that they have created this platform for people to explore different pro productivity tips and tricks and, and put all of these tools in one place because, gosh, I sure do love it when everything is in one place.
0: Yeah, well, that's hard to do, having <laughs> yeah. everything right in front of you. And, it, you know, with, um, you know, being back on our feet and traveling around and doing stuff, yeah, I think that makes it even harder. For sure. Like today, we're recording this show on video, and I forgot to bring the camera bag.
1: Ah, yeah. I see.
0: So we figured it out, but some of that's just like being in transition. And I have that... Uh, problem, you know, I've actually, I have to make a, a pretty strong effort on a regular basis to do things to improve focus and productivity. So I got a big appreciation for that. And I've written a book on the subject.
1: Yeah, you have. Balance Me, yeah, a realist guide do a, a successful out, life. And You know what's odd? That Balance Me is actually the book that I get feedback on most often.
0: Yeah. It, you know, I've written three and, um, the music book that I wrote with Joel Cummins from Humphreys McGee is easily the most popular. Is it? Oh, it's sold way more. Is that, well, that's
1: the realist guide, It's Yeah, that's right? the realist
0: guy. to a successful music career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that I, feels
1: I, like really niche though.
0: It is, but it's also got some really amazing people in it that make it pretty easy to sell when people find it. It's yeah. actually sold more than both the other books put together. Now, there are more copies of Balance Me and Million Dollar Bedroom out there because I give them away. Um, But Balance Me, I think, is my best book because. Do you really? Oh yeah, I mean, the Million Dollar Bedrooms is a story, and it's an interesting story. I refer to it as an educational narrative about sure. entrepreneurship, and I think a lot of people have enjoyed that. But Balance Me, if you, the problem is, is if you're not open to change, you're not going to get anything out of it. And I say that on the first page. I'm like you're not willing to admit that you might be your biggest, own biggest problem. Just put the book back. Cause you're not going to like it. You're not yeah. going to get anything out of it. You're probably going to give me a bad review. You're going to be
1: real uncomfortable. Like, let's just start. Points. Yeah. Let's just start by being
0: like, yeah, let's do that. Sure. So, but no, this is important stuff. And uh, you also talk, you know, one of some of the notes in here talk about the nature of, of hybrid work and stuff like that. We've had to put a lot of emphasis on that at full scale. Cause our teams, you know, 98% of our employees are remote noise. Yeah. Be. Which can be a really lonely existence. Sure. Even when people live in like populated, busy areas, it's just a lonely feeling. You, yeah. don't, you know, there's just something about camaraderie and community. So that's part of why we like the corporate social responsibility stuff that we do actually covers like the giving back to the community, but it also provides a sense of community for our right. employees who get to yeah. get together and do you, things. Because yeah.
1: you have it, yeah. you're united, you have a goal. Yeah. But yep. no, I, I love that so much. So yeah, you know, hey, really, really appreciate anything that can help me get my life together. Life at, I salute you. Good, Thank g- you.
0: Good luck with that, by the <laughs> way. Man.
1: I've, hey, been, I've hey. been trying
0: to help with that for years. I know. I think, I don't know if I he, ha- he He
1: actually has. Like, he's not he's not even bullshitting here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next on the list, we have Shippium. And that's led by CEO and co-founder Jason Murray, CTO and co-founder Mac Brown, the Shipium.com. So it's uh, Shipium's a, a technology-driven supply chain and logistics company that is seeking to solve the quote prime problem. So it's a shipping platform for retail and e-commerce, making fast shipping the cornerstone of a great sh- uh, shopping experience. Now, obviously, if we had Andrew Morgan's here today, he would probably be able to fully explain and help us understand the need for this. But <laughs> when you talk about the prime problem, so. Amazon gets things to you so quickly that it has legitimately changed the expectation for delivery. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we're at the point and I know that it, obviously in Seattle they're experiencing that's the home. Yeah. Right. So they're getting the highest technology, but you know, I ordered something the other day and it came the same day and that's like, and, and so with that, if you're not utilizing that as your fulfillment method um, then you're going to that's a logistics problem because no one wants to wait eight days.
1: Nobody wants to wait five minutes. Right. right. <laughs> eight days would be yeah. torture. Yeah. So, <laughs>
0: so I mean, clearly this is supported um, and validated as, you know, they've raised the $37.5 million. Yeah. So that's, you know, that, that, that right there, um, you know, it's, yeah I, I'm all for it. i mean impressive. i have a, I have a history in e-commerce and clients and e-commerce, and I've spent a lot of time working around e-commerce and you know it's it's so many business owners are are have created a product or a service that they're passionate about and that yeah. they're good at, and then sometimes the logistics on the back end can really make the business not be that great. So, using the tools that—I mean, there's there's several of them out there, but this this is good stuff because the shipping stuff is. Yeah, I, I've just run into a lot of businesses that make a great product and do the rest of it not
1: poor. Yeah, not well. like they're having difficulty actually getting that product yeah. into the hands of the people who need it.
0: It's a lot to keep up with.
1: It's true. Yeah. It's true. Well, so speaking of companies that are, are providing much needed services, next up we have DexCare. Uh, CEO and co-founder is Derek Street, CCO and co-founder Sean O'Connor. Uh, so we've talked about health tech and we've talked about the healthcare industry as a whole, um, but DexCare is, is, again, we're introducing efficiency. Um, DexCare provides a platform as a service offering to manage health system capacity and demand across all lines of care. So a lot of doctor's offices have, have a lot of different problems when it comes to managing patients. New patient acquisition can be really, really expensive. Finding patients who have comprehensive insurance, finding uh, different, managing no-shows. Like, I don't even know if you knew that no-shows within the medical industry, huge no, it's, deal. It's like it a it billion dollar. Yeah, yeah, it it's, cost, yeah. yeah. It costs doctors' offices so much money, and so DexCare is they're, they they have a digital engine that they're using to put more power into the hands of doctors' offices and medical networks across the country. Um, they are attracting, helping customers to attract thirty percent more new patients, eighty-five percent of whom are commercially insured. They are capturing eight times their downstream revenue, so so really, really helping to get those numbers in place. They have raised seventy million. Over two rounds, um, super impressive, and I love to see health tech uh, definitely capitalize on on what they're offering. It's just such a, it's a it's an industry that's so ripe for uh, innovation, you know, figuring out how to introduce those efficiencies that we love to talk about. But they're they're making access to healthcare better. Like that's the through line of everything that they're doing. Um, they 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 have the software platform that they're building out, and I got to tell you. Um, I don't like going to the doctor's office.
0: <laughs> like anybody
1: does. Yeah. I don't like dealing with insurers or anything like that. So even as a, as a patient, if my doctor's office has their, their lives together and like they know how to provide service and they know how to reach out to me and make it easier for me to advocate for myself and my health that empowers me as a consumer. And so, so I'm just seeing all kinds of benefit to Dexcare, love what they're doing
0: I feel if you ask most humans if they support things and stuff that make your doctor's office visit better, yeah. faster, cheaper, less hassily.
1: Let's do all of
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So For Sure. Okay, I really love the name of this next company.
1: I did too. I was a little jealous when I saw that you got Mother to read it. Duck. Mother Duck.
0: <laughs> I have so many Mother Ducker jokes. Sorry, couldn't help it. Sorry, Jordan, t- to Johnny and Ryan Boyd. That's I mean, the-
1: they, they had to know. Oh, they know.
0: Yeah, they know. They know. Yeah. I got to feel like there's a lot of, a lot of Duck. I'm going to I digress. All right. So Mother Duck say DuckDB. I don't even know what that is. I'm assuming that's a proprietary product. It's a cloud-based service, a serverless, easy-to-use data analytics platform based on the open source project, DuckDB, which is built for lightweight use cases. They're also extending DuckDB with additional capabilities to take advantage of the collaboration and scalability of the cloud to deliver better enterprise analytics. You know, this world of data is vast and deep. And if you can't analyze the data and at a rate of speed that allows you to have actionable outcomes right. for Whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, then you are just looking at historical things. This happened because okay, well, how do we prevent it? We have to learn how to look at data, handle it in a way, and handle it in a way that lets us do something quickly.
1: Your data only matters if you're doing something productive with it, right? Yeah. Other (laughs) than
0: that, you're just looking at a historical snapshot, which which isn't. It is useful in some regards, but it isn't as useful as being able to have some kind of response or actionable outcome that gives you the result that you want. So I'm always, I'm all for the whole, for the the movement of better data analytics because yeah. And and clearly the, the world of venture capital is all for it too. Uh, Congratulations, mother duck, you raised $47.5 million according to our resource, our, our research. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very nice. Yeah. Well, and and so once again, like moving on to the next startup on our list, Workflow Labs. Um, again, first of all, shout out to Andrew Morgans, who is our resident e-commerce and Amazon mm-hmm. expert. Um he's actually going to be recording the future of e-commerce search with Justin, one of the founders of Workflow Labs here in the not too distant future, but um, e-commerce can be a beast. Um, there are a lot of things and a lot of data that you have to track in order to be an effective seller online, right? There's a lot of stuff that you have to know. So Workflow Labs, they are solving some of the worst parts of running an e-commerce business. They're putting together an automated software stack that includes browser automation, uh, API integrations, web applications to help deal with suppressed items. and you know, setting up new items, product detail page, content updates, you know, all of these things that you have to manage in order to be a strong e-commerce outlet. And again, introducing that efficiency that we love, making it easier to do business, which I think that, you know, start a puzzle, that's kind of what we're all about, right? We, we want to give people insight and information on how to make it easier to do business, help desk. Or how
0: to avoid doing a lot of the dumb shit that, that we we've done, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, that too. <laughs> like people, ask
0: me, people ask me a lot. They're like, "What's your podcast about?" Helping people avoid doing dumb stuff.
1: Let's, how how can we make it so the people don't do the stupid stuff that I did?
0: Tell hmm. them how painful it was when yeah. we did it, and, don't what, do it. and what we would have not, what we would not do the next time around.
1: Yeah. Well, but but again, we we kind of see a through line where with with Workflow Labs, you know, they have created help desk and they have a workflow system they have all kinds of e-commerce efficiencies so again they're making it they're making business more efficient and and I love that I think we all know that as a founder it's it can be really really difficult and I think e-commerce in particular like People have actually asked me multiple times. They're like, do you want to manage an innovator shop? And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I want nothing to do with it because I don't have the time. Well,
0: that's why uh, you talk about as an author selling books via Amazon, like, which is the least amount of profit in my pocket. Right. Well, but maybe not because shipping them yourself is difficult because if you sell, you know, even just one a day. Yeah. Yeah you got to, there's just a lot to deal with. You got to. I mean, it takes time to to be an e-commerce store manager. If it's not high volume, then it's a lot to deal with. And you're having
1: to to manage things like ISBNs and you're having to manage inventory and you're having to manage all of this stuff. And it's like, why can't we just cut through the noise and use, You you know, things that come to us through workflow labs. Let's talk like, let's just, let's just go ahead and use them.
0: Yeah. And some of the things too is like you think about as a seller, um, if you have um, a lot of SKUs, you know what SKU stands for?
1: No, it's something Stop, unit.
0: Stock keeping unit. There
1: you go. If uh-huh. that, it's
0: basically a lot of different things that you sell and you have taken the effort to set up paid advertising for a lot of it. Yeah. You can run into issues where you're advertising things that you don't a even product
1: need. that's no longer in stock. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. yeah,
0: or has a six month delay and stuff like that. And it just be, the, this stuff becomes exponentially complex right. to deal with. And it's a lot for businesses to keep up with. So it's kind of back to that. You know, one of the things I, I, I'm reading here is they're talking about, uh, uh, you know, the mundane catalog updates and, and, you know, just being able to, if, 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 it, you, you, okay, so now you have all these SKUs. Is the information correct about them? Right. A lot of that, because if it's not, you end up taking it back, or you have someone that's pissed off, or, or whatever. yeah. And I think so, for me,
1: like that's the big thing. I mean, even in the e-commerce space, your your business is only as strong as your reputation. And so, if mm-hmm. you are consistently pissing your customers off because you're finding it difficult to manage your inventory,
0: it's easy to ruin. It, it's really <laughs> easy to ruin your reputation. And you look at like, I mean, anything you buy. If yeah. you shop on Amazon, you're going to look at the reviews. I mean, these I are things do. that come up. Yeah, so yeah. there's something to that, and you can you can harpoon yourself easily. All right, next on the list is Common Room, led by Linda Leon and Viraj Modi. You can go to CommonRoom.io. This is technology, information, and internet category, and they are an intelligent community growth platform bridging the gap between community. And traditional go-to-market tech stacks, developer relations and community teams use common rooms, machine learning uh, to create unified community intelligence. And, you know, some of this is the, the communication that needs to exist um, between teams is sometimes complex and companies that grow rapidly can sometimes in a, uh, accidentally build these dividing walls in between yeah. different departments. and you know, trying to communicate and deliver critical insights that, you know, could signal buying intent or uncover potential opportunities and, you know, put this in your go-to-market strategy and sales place. So you know, the the one of the uh you know the the top reasons that startups fail is they have a crap go-to-market strategy. Yeah. And You You can
1: have the most beautiful product in the world, but if you don't know how to effectively put it into people's hands, the people who are looking for you and the products and services that you provide.
0: Being able to, to, especially when it comes to software and technology related products, is being able to build them and being able to sell them. Two very, are two very different things.
1: <laughs> I that, could, I could see the the eye roll happening. Yeah, behind well, your I eyes deal with it, it every your, day. Yeah, I know. I deal with
0: it every day. It's because here's the thing: is is the the reality of that situation is that if we're just looking at personality types, yeah, the personality type which is largely more introverted that usually goes with excellent software developers and technologists is not the most useful personality type when it comes to selling where you want an extrovert in most cases. And most extroverts aren't trending towards the tech side of things. So it's very difficult to find salespeople that understand tech. It's very difficult to find technology, technologists that are great at sales. So what are we going to do to bridge the gap? Yeah. Sounds like common rooms working on that. So,
1: well, I uh, love
0: it. Yep and the And the world of venture capital also agrees. It shows fifty two point nine million in funding. You know, one thing I'll say is our Seattle top startups are certainly attracting significant amounts of venture funding,
1: yeah, for sure. Well, I love it. and in we have yet. We're, we're definitely in keeping with the theme here because next up on our startup list we have Calm Wave.
0: Is this our last one? I
1: do believe, <clears throat> and this is the second top startups episode in a row that I've gotten the last one. I've gotten to read the last I don't one pay that never happens. To that. I do. I always pay attention when we when we have to pronounce weird. Startup names mm-hmm. with no vowels.
0: This was a not this weird. This was great. This was like a congratulations Seattle on appropriately naming your startups in a way that isn't
1: like people quote, can actually weird. pronounce them. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, but I always notice that and I always notice who gets to do the last one. So, so now, last but not least, we have CalmWave. And, and I was actually, when I was looking through this list, CalmWave looked so interesting to me because here, here's the thing. Uh, burnout, fatigue, um, you know, workers being able to manage their own physiology. Um, that's. I feel like that's going to be really important moving forward. Like the human body, we are learning to understand stress. We're learning to understand things like, uh, fatigue and burnout and all of these things that we talk about, but CalmWave is actually using sensors and alarms to establish a baseline of a, of a human being's physiology, and then grab that data, grab those numbers, and find out find when there are outliers. Like you know, if you're, I don't know, if you just had to run up three flights of stairs and your your breathing is out of out of alignment, and and so. I find that really fascinating because I don't think that people tend, we don't tend to think about our health in a granular way. We're like, it's more of a general thing. I feel okay. I have a headache. But we're not getting really specific with what that means to our bodies, right? So I think it's really, really cool. This is a new startup. It's out of the Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence Incubator. They're providing a, a platform that aims to reduce worker alarm fatigue in an ICU setting. They're using AI, they're using expert services, they're helping healthcare organizations optimize their operations and make data-informed decisions, and they're doing it just by monitoring human beings and, like, figuring out what triggers are and what pain points are and figuring out how to create this comprehensive picture of a patient's condition. And I just think that that's really interesting. Don't you?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I think that, you know, this type of I mean, this is in some ways data analytics. Sure. I mean, it's data, right? And I think that, you know, I I'm there's so many things when it comes to your personal health that if you're able to figure them out and be preventative rather than just dealing with a problem after it occurs, right? Your 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 ability to have a successful outcome. Yeah. Is remarkably higher. It's kind of like the Absolutely. idea with like a cardiac event. Like if you can catch those before they happen and, and, and treat or prevent them, your, it's, it's a lot less deadly Yeah. know, And and I'm, I'm all for that. I mean, this is complex stuff. Um, and, well, and not an easy undertaking that they've, you know, taken on at calm wave because like you said, you've got to, um, you gotta analyze a whole lot of stuff. You're talking yeah. about reducing, you know, worker uh, alarm fatigue in an ICU setting like this. I mean, these are things that's back to that point I made earlier uh, about data analytics. And I mean, these have to occur. These are real time kind of things because you can't just be like, oh, yeah, yesterday the doctor was way too exhausted or tired while operating on that kit. Right. That's like something you kind of want to know about ahead of time, not after.
1: Well, and so, so for use case, like one of the things that I find interesting is like when you're in an ICU or you're in a hospital, there, there are established thresholds, right? Like when we, when the alarm goes off, when the, when the patient's hooked into the machine, the alarm goes off at this number, because this is kind of the baseline, but you know, just as a, for instance, let's talk about oxygen and carbon dioxide in the blood. Like if you're a smoker, now, the level of carbon dioxide in your blood is going to be higher, right? Just as a, as a general baseline. And so the alarm needs to be set at a higher level, I guess. And so really you're just trying to kind of customize treatment for, for the patients you're trying to make it so that that healthcare workers can more easily monitor that information. And I just, I find that really, really interesting um, I'd be really curious. I kind of want to like hook myself up to a whole bunch of sensors and be like, so tell me what's going on. Um, I definitely want to check it out, but I really, I, I enjoy that about CalmWave. wave. I'm really glad to see, I mean, as you said, patient outcomes are going to get better. Nurses and doctors are going to be less exhausted all the time. Like, and, and and I'm really actually looking forward. We're going to be recording Breaking the Burnout Cycle with Ophir Ronan, who is the CEO and one of the co-founders with uh, David Garner, COO, um, but really, really excited for that conversation because I want to delve more deeply into this. I think this. they need to
0: make a, a branch of feature out for entrepreneurs. I could use something to be like, dude, my daughter came in last night and yeah. up way too late already. And she's sure. like, Daddy, will you go downstairs with me? Because... I'm scared to go downstairs by myself. And I was like, sure, I'll go with you. And then I yawned and she's like, Are you tired? I'm like, Yeah, I've just done too much work. And she's like, You know what? You probably deserve a break.
1: And I
0: was like, So, and I was you like, have You have the
1: best kids. Man. I was like, You're right. You're right. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. So now I just have more stuff to do today. Well, sure. That was the outcome. Now, You know, speaking of outcomes, if you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders, FullScale can help. Why? Because we have the people and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit FullScale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions and let our platform match you up with our fully vetted, highly experienced team of software engineers, testers, and leaders. At FullScale, we specialize in long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more at FullScale.io. All right, we made it through twelve it. twelve top startups. And Wait, give
1: me some as high
0: five. High five. <laughs> and with that, we usually uh, end these shows with um, a very a very precise uh, conversation about who our favorite was. That's and hard. you know, I think that much like many markets and cities that we do top lists in, we find that they often attract certain kinds of, obviously this was an AI driven one. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of AI and well, machine it, learning stuff. in It here. makes
1: sense because so many major players in the tech space are located up in the Seattle area. So yeah. they just have a really, yeah. really strong tech pipeline, which means there. you get the right makes kind sense. of
0: talent and you get the right kind of experience, yeah. much like we talked about earlier. So I'll, I'll go first. I, you know, I'm going to, because I'm so close to what they do and I appreciate the difficulty in doing it, I'm going with humanly.io. I,
1: You know, I thought that you might, I thought that you also might go with mother duck because you just wanted to say it I, one more time. Yeah. But I, I hear you. Yeah. And I, I can see it like I humanly. Just,
0: I mean, I just picked that for, I mean, that's maybe a selfish choice, but that's just because I understand that, like, I, I understand and appreciate. And I think that that's a, a, an important place to be at. And I, yeah. I really did have a, um, a great time recording an episode with Preem Kumar. It was um, so with that, it was kind of funny as we were both kind of running late. Um, so we <laughs> were kind of like sitting down, like out, both out of breath because like, we had like <laughs> run to the recording spot. Sure. And, and, but but that, I really appreciated having a conversation with someone that understands the complexity in hiring and and is working on solutions that make it more humanly. Yeah. So there more you go. Humanly. Congrats. Yeah, we
1: see what you did there.
0: Congrats humanly. on being on being my fave
1: for sure. Well, so so I I always do this to you, and I I'm like hashtag sorry not sorry. Uh, I am fascinated by the concept of calm wave, and I'd like to delve more more into it. But the one. I, I, much like you, I'm going to go to the one that I think is going to actually have impact in my day-to-day, and that's Utili. Like, I would love to get better and have that, that real-time feedback on communication style because I, I think you know this, but over the course of time, uh, I, I've been putting more attention into becoming a better host and doing more speaking engagements around town, and anything that can help me do that, I am in. Let's do it. So, thank you, Utley. I look forward to giving it a shot. There you go. Yeah.
0: And that's a wrap on Seattle.
1: That's a wrap on Seattle. Uh, I
0: think we go to Vegas next.
1: Oh, yeah. I'll take that. But yeah. Seattle's still pretty cool. I like your, I like your, I feel like uh, we should probably, single,
0: probably go to Vegas to record Vegas.
1: I think that is I mean, a that brilliant make, idea. That
0: would make perfect sense it to would. me. I, but the problem is, is what happens in Vegas. Is supposed to stay in Vegas. So That's I don't know. Right. If, would we even be able to? Publish, would we be
1: breaking the rules? Would we
0: be able to publish the episode?
1: I mean, I feel. I feel like we're. Root I
0: feel breakers. like there's a lot we of things that could go wrong recording Vegas's top startups in Vegas. Like
1: but I feel like think you're about come how with many the, things could go giant, right.
0: Like frozen margaritas <laughs> that come in like that giant plastic dumbbell kind of yeah. thing.
1: Probably. You're gonna you're gonna have to find me like out on the casino floor. Like, where did she go?
0: Me and Vegas. did she forget why have, we're here? Have you seen, uh, you know, the vacation with Chevy Chase? Mm-hmm. I'd be like the the weird uncle. Oh, I can totally see it's that. It's cousin Eddie. Can I can
1: I start yeah. can I start calling you? The, no, I'll I'm be in there
0: with flip thing. flops, yeah, be cousin Matt. some <laughs> annoying Hawaiian shorts, and a tank top. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: I feel like it's now an imperative. It's something we have to do. But well, thank you, Seattle, for letting us visit you.
0: Thank you. See you next time, Lauren. Startup Hustle is brought to you by FullScale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.